1: Hi, this is Desi Jettikin, and this is season two, episode 13, Duet for One. <laughs> Duet for One. Uh, what does that even mean? <laughs> who came
2: up with that title? They thought it was really clever when they were high, and then they just went
1: with it. No one changed it. No. Anyway, first, before we get into the episode, we're back. We apologize for the extended, unintended break we took. I had COVID. If you're not a Hollywood crime scene listener, maybe you didn't hear that. I don't know how much crossover there is between people who listen to this show and Hollywood crime scene. So look, if you don't listen to Hollywood crime scene, then you didn't know. And you were just like, what are these bitches doing? But we were not having a nice vacation.: No, it was not a nice vacation. I had COVID and we had it screwed up our whole schedule. Yes, it's my fault. You can email, send your e- angry emails to me What's like those, those
2: bumper stickers? Send your angry emails to I don't give a fuck dot com. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Do you know I, mean? I don't give a fuck dot gov. Send uh, it. Send it there. Anyway, let's get into this episode.
2: I actually was like, when I started watching, I'm like, where are we? I had forgotten, like
1: Me too, because this is this was a very jarring scene, opening scene for how long it's been since yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what happened? Even though I've obviously seen Melrose Place like four times, yeah. I still was like, Oh, oh, what happened? Okay, so let's give a quick recap. Little recap, I think. So where we were when we last left off, Allison went to San Francisco for a work thing to do with Steve's company. And Billy didn't want her to go because he she was on thin ice with him. Very. For still congregating with Steve because he knew Steve's into her. Yeah. So she's like, Billy, Steve's not even going to be there. But... <laughs> Steve was.
2: Steve was there. And this was like the Thanksgiving episode too.
1: It was the Thanksgiving episode. So he was already upset that she wasn't going to be in town for Thanksgiving. But... She's like, Billy, this is my career. So she goes up to San Francisco. She's staying at... I think she's staying at the St. Francis, which is a very nice hotel. And Steve pops by. Like, he sends her room service. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving room service and a bunch of champagne. They get drunk together in her hotel room. And Billy calls to wish Allison a happy Thanksgiving or whatever. And Steve picks up the phone, and he's had it, and he's like, I'm moving out. I'm moving out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so he moves in with Jake. He moves in with Jake. So the opening scene of episode 13 is Allison returning home from her trip to the apartment packed up. Like, Billy's, Billy's shit packed up. Right, because all of her. The apartment is still very fully decorated
2: because everything is Allison. <laughs> and so it's basically just his room and a few hangers.
1: like And probably some ugly decor that Billy thought was really cool that Allison's like, well, at least that's a silver lining. Yeah, exactly. That's going. She's, she goes into his bedroom and sees that it's just a mattress in there. Right but why didn't he take the mattress? wheres he sleeping because it probably wasn't his it was probably <laughs> there when he moved in That's my guess right right um we get very dramatic piano Allison plays her voicemails she gets we hear two voicemails one from Jake and Jake's voicemail is like uh Billy it's Jake you know talking about Moving in. So Allison knows where he is. He knows where he is. And then there's another bitchy voicemail from Amanda. It's like, oh, Allison, you didn't have to take that early flight. You could have just (laughs) stayed. Yeah. Um, And Allison's like, now she tells me. Allison storms over to Jake's house to go ask Billy what the hell is going on. Yeah. Why is this shit all packed up? And she's really mad. And he's like, Allison, I told you. I told you I wouldn't be there. I told you if you fuck Steve, <laughs> I was gonna move out. And Allison's like, Billy, this was work. Yeah. Now Billy is in the right in this situation, even though he has historically been a baby about Allison's career. Allison was should have told Steve, no, you can't come into my hotel room and get drunk with me. Yeah. Uh, even if she knew nothing was gonna happen between the two of them. Well, also, she didn't have
2: to let Steve answer the phone. Yeah, that was like, just even dumb. If you, even if you're like, don't think it's a big deal, right? You keep it to yourself and not make sure Billy doesn't know, at least, right?
1: Like, yeah, completely, because that's just gonna hurt Billy. I mean, look, what else was he supposed to think? I'd be pissed too, right? Because literally, they he hears a, sh- a champagne pop. And Allison giggling, (laughs) like drunk giggling in the background. And Steve's like, hey. Hey, what's up? We're having a blast. (laughs) And um, she thinks Billy's being completely unreasonable. And he's not backing down. He's really upset. And she's like, Billy, I bought you a pen.
2: She has a pen with one of those little stick-on bows on it.
1: And like a mini one. A mini bow. It's like, where did you even get that? It was honestly rude and pathetic of her like, <laughs> to present. It's not even him. a
2: Mont Blanc or something nice, like it was like a knockoff Mont Blanc. But the funny thing is, it's like here's for your writing career kind of gift. But it's like he uses a laptop, Allison.
1: He's not writing in a in a fucking journal. She's like, here's a, <laughs> a feather quill and an inkwell, because I know you're a scribe. Yeah. Uh, here's I some also... here's some parchment paper,
2: <laughs> Billy. <laughs> I know quill. you're a writer.
1: Uh, but I was thinking to
2: Allison, like, this is your out. If right. you want to try things with Steve, Billy's left. Like, and you're mad about it, right? Because she's, she's mad because she's checked out of this relationship. Totally. So it's like now you. It's he's already
1: out of your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> like, because she can't help that Steve has a crush on her, but she crossed so many lines with him. Well, they've kissed. They have kissed. So she's already cheated on him. Yes. Um, Billy's also mad that his article got canceled. Like, yeah. they pulled his article from Escapade magazine mm. and he gives her her pen back. He's, take your pen. Yeah, I don't, I don't need it. it. I don't need it. I have a computer. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Jane wakes up. She answers the phone in bed. It's Michael calling from the hospital. Ugh, what a child. He's such a big baby. He wants Jane to powder his butt yeah, and put a diaper on him and baby him. What doesn't he get about divorce? Divorce? Like, she, divorce. She
2: is not responsible for this anymore. Like... No, but it's Michael. I know it's a- just crazy to me that he has the nerve to call her because
1: Michael's the type of guy who is a serial. He thinks he's a serial monogamist, <laughs> even though he cheats on everyone yeah. he's ever been with. Right, but he has to be in a relationship at all times. Right, and he, Kin- Kimberly, Kindy. Is Cle- Kindy. Kimberly is in Cleveland. Kimberly is in Cleveland, so he needs a woman. Yeah, Kimberly's been transported to Cleveland. She's in a coma. They don't know if she'll ever regain consciousness. And Michael is lonely and bored and probably horny in this hospital bed. And he can't, he's like, he can't jerk off to anything on the hospital TV. No, he needs to see Jane in a billowy blouse. (laughs) Yeah. Caring for him. And so he's like, hey, what's up? What's up, Jane? Hey, Jane. Hey, Jane. And Rob, we see Robert waking up beside Jane. Oh they're still going strong. They're still in a relationship. (sighs) And Jane's like, Michael, what do you want? He's like, I just want some
2: company. No one's coming to visit Michael because everyone hates him. Yeah. (laughs) Michael has burned every single bridge. He only has Matt now, basically. And Matt works at the hospital, so So he he has has has
1: to. Yeah,
2: and Matt doesn't
1: even like Michael. And Michael is not attracted to Matt, so it's not working. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Could you imagine if Michael was bi and he was trying to work Matt, like trying to (laughs) do sex stuff with Matt? I.
2: I could picture Michael being the type of guy who would use that even if he wasn't bi.
1: Yeah. Like,
2: they never went there. But he's, in real life, a, a sinister guy like Michael would have done stuff like that. In
1: our Melrose Place reboot, that's we're going to write Michael as bi. Because that would be a good storyline for Matt. If Michael and
2: Matt got together? No, if Michael flirted with him and used that, mm. and Matt got a crush on him, and then he was heartbroken... And and then spiraled in some way, <laughs> like that would have been a juicy, like a straight guy crush kind of thing. Like, I would
1: love to reintroduce a very old school, um, like negative, stereotypical, deceptive bisexual person in media. Ooh. Look, I am bisexual, yeah. so don't write in. I just think, but it, it's a classic of the soap opera genre. But it's a total trope, <laughs> and we could we could we could find ways to subvert it. But it would also be a total throwback. But you can do it well. We'll do it well. Uh, Yes. It would be interesting. Totally. I mean, we need more bi-male characters on TV. I agree. Um, Even if it's Michael Mancini. Look, you take what you can get. You take what (laughs) you can get. Um, Anyway, so Jane gets off the phone with Michael, and Robert's like, I think you should visit him. Inexplicably, Robert's like, his
2: is Michael's advocate. And Jane's like, really? Like... And she's like, okay,
1: like, cause Jane's a pushover. I think Robert underestimates Michael in this moment and thinks maybe this will get Michael to leave her alone if she visits him once.
2: I don't even think it's unjustified him to say no, but not even out of jealousy, but just as a friend. As Be a like, friend. You need to cut ties. You are not responsible for this, and he's manipulating you. Like and,
1: yeah, and this is kinda become a codependent situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's toxic. So you're not responsible. But Jane has like very maternal instincts and she feels guilt, even though she has no reason to feel guilty. And look,
2: I said divorce, you're divorced. You don't have to have anything to do with this person. There are obviously circumstances where you might care for your ex-husband, where you have kids together and it's a good relationship. It just didn't work out. This is not one of those circumstances, though,
1: at all. No, he's awful. Um, Jane's like, fine, I'll go visit him this afternoon. And Robert's like, I just want you to be happy. And then he eats her pussy. Did you see that? Yeah, he went down. Robert, see this is the juxtaposition. It's like you she got out of a bad relationship with Michael and now she's with the guy who, yeah. who eats her pussy before coffee. Yeah. That's a that's, that's a, a good, whole new ball game. That's a whole new ball game. Amanda storms over to Sydney's apartment. Mm. And Sydney's just rolled out of bed. She's like, Clearly. "Can I help you?" And Amanda's like, "Sydney, your rent is due today." And I want you to pay your rent.
2: I love the idea that Amanda wouldn't have a management company doing this. (laughs) Like she
1: just goes door to door collecting (laughs) checks or something. She has a full-time job. She has a full-time job and she makes enough money to hire a manager. This is unheard of. It's just shocking, but I do feel like it's just her way of getting in everyone's business. I think that that explains it for me. Um, And... Sydney's like, I promise I'll get you the rent by the end of the day. But when she goes back into her apartment, we see Sydney looking really stressed out. Right. She's like, oh shit, I don't have the rent money. Yeah. How am I going to get the rent? So she makes a call to Lauren, mm. the madam, and she's like, hey, I'm ready to work.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's very sinister music. Yeah. At D&D, Allison is wearing another ugly blouse. And Amanda congratulates her on a successful trip to San Francisco. And Allison is like, I'm sure you know, Amanda, that Mm. Billy moved out. Yes. Like, she's somehow still kind of blaming
2: Amanda for this. Right. And it's basically like, Amanda set this whole trip up to get back with Billy. It's like, she has Jake. You fool. Why would
1: you want <laughs> Billy when you have Jake? Like seriously. Um Allison like Al- Amanda says to Allison, "Well, can you can you blame him?" <laughs> which I thought was really <laughs> evil and funny <laughs> because she's just rubbing salt in Allison's wound. No, she has a few great lines here cuz
2: she also says, "Get a grip, Allison," which yeah. is like I want a t-shirt. <laughs> like, I just love when Amanda says things like that to um, Allison. Yeah. She's like,
1: Allison's like, Amanda, you set this, you set me up. You you made Billy break up with me. Absurd. You sent me to San Francisco. You knew Steve would be there. And that's when Amanda goes, get a grip, Allison. You are not the center of the universe. Exactly. And
2: Allison really is, uh, does think she's the center of the universe. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: She's got major main character syndrome. Yes. Sydney meets a John in a fancy hotel and they go up to his room and he starts to undress her and she looks really scared. She's not into this. Yes. But he's like, just relax.
2: Yes. And he, and I found, we, the funny thing is we found out, we find out later cause she has a second client who's like ugly, I guess that she she thought this guy was hot yeah. Because <laughs> I thought this guy was gross, too. Were, until I realized, oh, that's the ugly client, Like where she kind of is like, oh, this job's harder. It's going to be harder than it looks. Because like, sometimes you get a real gross guy. Yeah, this
1: guy's okay. Yeah, but this, when I saw him, I was like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love how they make every single John in this show like the skeeziest, grossest guy. Like there's never just like a normal guy who... Likes just to, wants to fuck. Who likes to pay for sex which is like right and they all seem
2: super misogynistic too yeah they're all kind of like babe shut up just take your clothes off and like yeah it's I like, mean I'm sure that happens but it seems like a pretty unrealistic right isn't it sometimes they're just like hi nice to meet you let's fuck like or like
1: they're, they they want to make it a little bit fun like yeah like i really Whatever, but yeah. Sydney, Sydney is clearly engaging in survival sex work, and she's not into this, but she wants money. Um, but soon, She needs it. Well, yeah, she yeah. needs money. Soon later we'll talk about how she does enjoy the perks of making wads yes. of cash. So at the hospital, Jane visits Michael, and he's so happy to see her. And she's like, what is it, Michael? Let's make this quick. Right. And he's like, you know, Jane, I've been doing a lot of thinking since I almost died. <laughs> and I'm really sorry. I did some bad things. Michael's
2: learning lessons. <laughs> he knows what people need him to say in this
1: situation. He goes, I've been, I've been doing some thinking about my life. And Jane rolls her eyes. <laughs> She's heard this She because it's ridiculous. He's like, Jane, I'm a changed man and I need your forgiveness. This was so stupid
2: (laughs) because she's like, she's literally just like, I'm
1: giving you my forgiveness. Bye. Like, yeah, it's just like that doesn't count. My favorite line in this scene was when Jane is like, Michael, you are a piece of work. I saw Kimberly's engagement ring, and he goes, Yeah, so I asked you to marry me. Who cares? Who cares? (laughs) So, how is he so.
2: Like the love of his life is in a coma and he's still just Michael, right? That's that's his spin-off show. Still just Michael. Like, how is he not more distraught in this situation? It's just like he's the exact same person, but he's just paralyzed now. He's
1: always working his next scheme. Yes, he's a survivor. He <laughs> that's the nice way of putting it. <laughs> And yeah, that's when Jane's like, fine, you have my forgiveness. And she leaves.
2: And Michael's the type of narcissist who's like, I, I got her forgiveness. She Even for- though it was completely <laughs> stupid and meaningless. Like, Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, this is a good place to take a break. We'll be right back.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today.
1: So we see Sydney and her John have just finished having sex. And Sydney's laying in bed with a sheet over her and she's like, looking at this guy and she's like, I can't believe you have to pay for sex. (laughs) And so she seems like she had a good time in this moment. Yeah. She seems like this went better than she thought it would. He's not hideous. And he's like, you were great. I'm going to ask for your services again. Mm. And she's like, so what do you do? She's acting like this is a date. She's like, what do you do? Where do you live? And he's like, look, babe, don't ask me questions again. He gets pretty mean. He does that mean thing where he's smiling as he says it. Yeah. But the words coming out of his mouth are really creepy. And it has... it Because at first he kind of answers
2: the questions, but then he like cuts it off with that kind of, yeah, smiling me thing.
1: Yeah, he, he says, but don't ever ask me any questions. I asked the questions.
2: Yeah. He's a very important businessman probably. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And so he leaves and Sydney is sad. And then she takes a shower and cries in the shower. Mm. At the hospital, Matt visits Michael in his room and he's like, Michael, Kimberly has died. No, that's not exactly what
2: happens. (laughs) Matt walks in and Michael said, she's dead, isn't she? (laughs) Before Matt even tells her, tells him yeah she's dead isn't she (laughs) but the most so like soulless unaffected way he says it was crazy like like it's more of a nuisance yeah it's like you can't I know what you're gonna say (laughs) just Lay it on like, me, Matt. I'm, I've already pre- predicted this. Yeah, Matt is very um, solemn when he comes in. Yeah, Matt is like, I'm telling someone their love of their life died. He's like dreading it. Yeah. And he, he walks she, in.
1: She croaked. <laughs> she, tell me, just tell it to me straight, look oh, I, I can tell by the look on your face. She croaked. <laughs> you, you look sad. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael, the thing he's mad about is that her mom took her back to Cleveland. He's like, I should sue that bitch. (laughs) I should sue that bitch for taking her out of the hospital and back to Cleveland. Like as if this hospital, like they keep wanting us to believe
2: this hospital is like the state of the art, but it just looks like every other
1: sort of hospital. Like, yeah. And Matt is like, Michael, I committed a crime for you. Mm. I altered your blood work. And he's like, you know what, Matt, (laughs) but the love of my life just died. (laughs) Now he's mad because now he can use this. Yes. So now guilt. he's like, oh, dang, the light bulb went off. Oh, this is, as a human being, this is how I'm supposed to react. He's and this like, is how I get people to sympathize with me. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, God damn it, Matt. Mm. Kimberly just died and you want to talk to me about committing a crime on my behalf? How dare you? You
2: selfish bastard. He calls Matt a selfish bastard.
1: If this was a cable show, he, I was like, oh, he's going to call him a slur.
2: Yes. Um, I mean, this is just like classic Michael Mancini mm. turning it around on Matt, who has a legitimate fear that he's committed a crime. And Michael's just like, not now (laughs) you pig. (laughs) How dare you bring this up when I'm clearly in mourning. And then Matt has the best, one of the best Matt lines ever Michael goes off on him. And he's like, "Get out of here!" And yep. Matt says, "See you tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be back for more abuse." <laughs> I'm Matt. I'm Matt. <laughs> I literally have to be. Like, yeah. see you tomorrow. <laughs> it's just like I oh really want to make Saint Matt candles. These two together are just like oh. such polar opposites mm-hmm. that it's just it's like comical. It is comical. Cuz we should be just it should be very upsetting what he's doing to Matt, but it's just like Matt at the, at some point you're like Matt, you're doing this to yourself at some point. Like you're under no obligation yeah, to Matt, Michael. Matt needs a codependence anonymous meeting. And I do think um Matt initially obviously was grateful for the job, but I think with his crime, they're even
1: mm, like, he yeah. doesn't have
2: to, he's done everything for Michael. They're more than even. They're way more than yeah. even. Cause this is
1: like, and what he did is crazy. Yeah. Like that's, that's a bigger deal. It's a way bigger deal. Um, where are we? Back at Melrose place. Jane hears the news that Kimberly has died and she's, She's, like, talking to Matt about this, and she says, I feel so many conflicting emotions. Yeah. And Matt is like, well, Michael's being transferred to a rehab to re- finish recovering. Like, they can't have keep him at the hospital at Wilshire Memorial. Right. He's on the next phase. And Matt's like... Jane, I hate to ask you this, but can you please pick up some of Michael's shit at the beach house? Like he needs a <laughs> change of clothes. And she's like, why can't he just wear pajamas and scrubs? Yeah. He's like, well, he, it's part of the phase.
2: Yeah, they, of- want, they want them to be back in real life and wear regular clothes. But it is, I mean, this is the first time we get a hint of how far that drive is. Matt's like, I can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't drive to Malibu and get clothes. Like, I'd just go buy some
1: stuff. Like, it that's less of a pain in the ass. Oh my god, to just buy him, go down to the Sears. Yeah, whatever. They don't have to be nice clothes. Just and get some leggings. That would be that would be a great opportunity for Jane to be shady because she could get him yes. something really ugly and be like, sorry, that's all they had in your size. Or just go to the thrift store and buy a bunch of t-shirts and like whatever. Like, yeah. Um, But she reluctantly agrees. Meanwhile, Billy's at Jake's house, and he's already irritating Jake as a roommate because he's complaining there's nothing to eat in the house. It's Billy is a bad roommate. Yeah. And
2: this has nothing to do with Allison. It's just anyone. He's like, there's no food in the fridge. And Jake's like, get it yourself. Go feed yourself. Yeah, he's like, I'm not getting dick from you. Like... <laughs> I don't need to, to mommy you. I don't fucking care. Like, yeah,
1: this is not. I'm not. I'm not Allison. Yeah, and Jake has his own problems.
2: Seriously,
1: he's bitter about the fact that he's having to work with the FBI to entrap or not entrap um, to get to get Palmer Woodward, Amanda's dad. Now, these
2: episodes was the first time I I thought. I don't a hundred percent buy that Jake would cooperate with cops.
1: I don't either. I think I just think they're. I think Jake is so scared. I
2: think he's scared, but I do think I would low key be like, "Look, they're investigating you. You better fucking get out of town." Right. Like I'd try to low key sabotage mm. so it looked like I was still working with the FBI, but I would tell him. Yeah, that's what I would do.
1: Right. Um, but he also doesn't he like, doesn't like Palmer. Palmer, but he knows this is going to fuck everything up. Yeah. So he's, he confesses to Billy about Amanda's dad doing, um, scams at his business right? and how the FBI has got him and they want, cause it's not, cause it would have made more sense for the storyline for Jake's character if the FBI was like we know about this crime you committed when you lived in Seattle. Yes.
2: I just feel like they don't really have anything on him. Do you know what I
1: mean? Couldn't he get a lawyer and be like, I don't have to fucking cooperate with you. I don't want to be involved
2: in this. I just, I feel like this, I mean, obviously this storyline is just not very accurately written, I don't think.
1: Yeah. Um, And so as a result of him working with the FBI, he's been avoiding Amanda because he's like, I'm... I'm getting her dad in trouble. Right. And how's how's this going to work out? And you know Amanda, <laughs> you know <laughs> she Amanda's loves her gonna, fucking dad and she's going to fly off the handle
2: if she finds out. It's just such a messy situation. I'm surprised he didn't sort of avoid it, especially since the crime is like just rich people being ripped off. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's I could understand if it was something more like, oh shit, he's like
1: Well, Jake, you could see Jake cooperating if it was like he's killing people or child abuse or child or abuse. Yeah. yeah. He'd be like, I'm going to get that son of a bitch. Exactly. I just don't feel like this is like,
2: ah, who cares?
1: Um, Matt wheels Michael around the rehab clinic and Michael's like, you know, Matt, I'm sorry I was such an asshole earlier. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> now, <we> <laughs> now he needs something. Now he needs something from Matt. And Matt wheels him into his new living quarters, this hospital room that is very crowded with other patients. It's not a private
2: room. It has like ten other beds in it. There's not even like dividing curtains between the beds. I have to say, I also found this a little unbelievable. Like, I do feel like Michael would have gotten preferential treatment as a doctor. as a doctor.
1: Oh, interesting. I I don't know, like. But, I don't know how that works, but this is like an opportunity for Matt to explain the system yeah, to him. Totally. Because Matt knows. Yeah. If you're if you want to talk social issues and mm. um systemic issues, Matt's your go-to. And so Michael thinks that this bad living, this bad like hospital accommodation is his boss getting back at him. Michael's very persecuted. Yes.
2: And it's like, it's definitely like not a private room, but there's nothing about it that looks
1: bad. It looks like a standard hospital room. It's Fine I mean I, I yeah. wouldn't be thrilled either If I was like Oh I wouldn't either I'd be like Get me out of here As soon as possible Absolutely But
2: it's not like A snake pit type situation
1: And Michael's like Levin's trying to get back at me Yeah uh, At Lauren's house there Everyone All the girly All the girlies are poolside mm. When Sydney shows up And Lauren's thrilled That Sydney's coming back To work for her Yeah And she's like Here's your beeper now you're one of my girls. Well, she got a beeper. You got a beeper, and also um, here's your take, sixty percent from your client. And then she is like, "Do you want? Do you want it in cash or coke?" Like she offers to give her her take in a vial of coke. That looked
2: like a small amount of coke for that amount of money. Um, how full was it? I don't know. I mean, the little, it was like a little vial. How much
1: do you think she made for that job?
2: I don't know. A few hundred?
1: Yeah, that looked like, I don't know, in 93, that looked like about, like a teener. Okay. Does that mean
2: uh, $10?
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. What's a teener? A teener is like, um, it's more than a gram. It's like, it's more than a gram, but it's less than an eight ball. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, I don't know. I anyway. Don't know how, I don't know how much it was in 93. Maybe that means I'll just give you a steady supply. Right. right. Uh, we know that we're going to learn soon that Lauren likes to ply her girls with cocaine. Yeah. So Sydney's like, no, I'll just take the cash. And then she also gives Sydney her credit card. She's like, why don't you buy some new clothes? But then I was like, oh, that's cool. But then she's like, uh, you'll pay me back. Right. Getting them in debt to you. Right. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Jane arrives at the rehab clinic with Michael's clothes. And he's like, oh, Jane. Oh, Jane. <laughs> You're good, egg. You're good. Egg. You're so good. And he's like, oh, I love watching you put my clothes
2: away. It's like Ugh. old times, mommy. <laughs> she must have wanted to fucking punch
1: him when he said that. <laughs> And then he starts bitching about the service at the hospital. He's like, oh, this place sucks. He's literally like
2: bleeding. His shirt has like a blood stain on it and he's like, they won't give me a baby. I
1: was just like, what's going on here? I wish we got like a little scene of Michael sabotaging, like making himself look fucked up. Yes. Cause that
2: would have been funny. And we need to know, I think we need to know that it's not that bad there that, but he's definitely building it up so he can get out.
1: Yes. Um, and he's like, can I just live with you? <laughs> he just, Ask her, can I yeah. move in with you? I What's don't want the
2: difference. I I lived there before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like you can see his reasoning. Yeah, he's like, well, technically, I found the place. Yeah, I'm the manager still. <laughs> yeah, I was the manager of that <laughs> building, and um, he's like, I can't stay here, Jane. It's terrible. You're trying to kill me in here. Yeah, because he's waiting for a bed at a nicer place, and it's only two weeks. Yeah.
2: It's not like that long. But He he wants to be babied. Oh, totally. He wants a one-on-one nurse. Mm. And this is what I'm thinking too, like, because obviously Jane agrees to take him. Yeah. Right. And I was kind of like, he needs like a real nurse in his condition. It seems like. Yeah. Because he needs to be lifted out of this wheelchair, put in the bed, put back in the wheelchair. And it's like, Jane can't do that. Yeah. Uh. She can barely lift a sewing needle.
1: She <laughs> is so frail. <laughs> he should have offered to pay for a at like an at-home caretaker. Yes. Like, can I just stay at your place, but I'll pay for a caretaker. Yeah,
2: because I just don't think she can do it. She's not even there all the time.
1: Yeah. Um, and then we see what happens
2: to him later. Right. Yeah.
1: That evening, Sydney returns to Melrose place wearing a sickening leather jacket. With shoulder pads and big gold buttons. And the gold buttons, it's like
2: all the way down. It's like double-breasted, like the double row. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That jacket. This jacket is the perfect jacket to tell the world I am a high-priced call girl, I'm making money, and I have furniture coming to the apartment.
2: Totally. I mean, that is exactly what Sydney would buy when she gets access to a platinum credit card.
1: Yeah, she's like, this jacket looks. This jacket is like for rich bitches. Yeah, it's like um, like Jen Shaw probably has this jacket. It's totally a Jen Shaw
2: jacket because it's like so impractical. You would only be able to wear it to like one event.
1: It looks like a (laughs) Balmain jacket. Yeah, but it's cheap. Cheaper. It's probably cheaper. She gives Amanda the rent in cash. She's like, here's two months' rent. And she's all full of confidence. She's like, and I want the leak in my bathroom fixed by tomorrow morning. Yeah. Also, I'm having chairs delivered. So can you make sure someone's here to let the delivery guy Mm -hmm. in? She's loving it. Amanda's like, oh, she's taken aback. Yeah. By Sydney's new attitude. And Jane arrives as she's flaunting all her... Wealth to Amanda And she's like Wow Sid New clothes New furniture Do you ask mom and dad For money (laughs) And Sydney's like Look who's talking Jane You and Michael's Blood money What does that mean Because I think she got The divorce settlement Is that what she's referring to I think so Amanda's like I don't want to be In the middle of this And she leaves She's like
2: I'm going to leave But I'm going to spy From up top In my window
1: (laughs) Jane tells Sydney about Kimberly, and she's like, oh, and I'm sure you're thinking this gives you an opening with Michael, because you know that was her first thought. Because
2: Sydney definitely hears the news, and it's like, oh my God, but part of her lights up a bit in the eyes, because <laughs> she does. Jane nailed
1: her. Yeah. She nailed her to the wall with that She's one. like, so just don't even think about it. Yeah. Stay away from Michael. That night, Jane has a nightmare about <laughs> Michael <laughs> suffering in the hospital. This was so stupid. Like, this, just. this was an example of like show show don't tell. Yes, because
2: we could have just had Jane wake up from a nightmare and tell Rob or something. But no, we have to see this sort of vaguely black and white. It didn't, Michael, it didn't
1: have to be a nightmare. It should have just been a moment, a look that Jane saw while she was looking at the conditions of his. Living situation. Something. But she, and did you notice when
2: she woke up from her nightmare, her mouth was all wet? No, (laughs) I (laughs) didn't. It was like, was she
1: drooling? Her chin had a glistening all on it. I don't know what it was. Um, The next morning, Amanda runs into Jake in the courtyard and she's like, hey, you've been avoiding me. What's up? And she's like, did Billy say something to you? Yeah. And She's like, why don't you come to dinner at my house tonight? And he's like, I'll be there. I miss you too. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, it was sweet. At the rehab facility, Jane arrives in a floral vest with some crochet details. And mm. she feels, she's like, Michael, I feel really bad that you're here. And she's like, I, I've decided you can move in with me until a bed opens up at the other hospital. He's like, oh, Jane. Oh, Jane, that's so great.
2: He's like in good Michael mode, yeah. Which oh, is the fakest thing ever. I'll be the best housemaid
1: ever. Yeah. I'll be. I'll be on my best Jane, behavior. You're an angel, Jane. <laughs> um, she's like, I do have some ground rules, Michael, and I'm seeing someone, so I don't want this to interfere with that. No, she's a life, and he's like, oh, Jane, you're so beautiful. I knew it wouldn't take you long to find someone else. I just want you to be happy. And she's like, I'll pick you up tomorrow morning and I'm just doing, (laughs) this is shady. She goes, I'm just doing this because no one else will. Yeah. She had to let him know. And he's like, you won't regret this, Jane. I promise. Mm. I don't know about that. (laughs) Joe, that afternoon, Joe sees Sydney lounging by the pool and she pulls up a chair and But turns her faces the chair away from Sydney so she doesn't have to talk to Sydney.
2: She's also wearing the most hideous pants I've ever seen.
1: Joe's had some real clunkers lately. These are
2: like black genie pants with like an orange brocade floral like like genie like harem pants. Yes. Oh, kind of like puffy yeah and then tapered at the ankle Ugh. Ugh. but it's just like what are you wearing yeah I,
1: I do love how she sat there i used to call those pants before they were called like mom jeans i used to call those salmon pants because they look like the sam like a salmon steak like the shape of that how it's right really wide at the <laughs> yeah. top and tapered at the bottom yes um no yeah. but it's just
2: like what are you doing she looks like shit And Sydney's in a classic Sydney outfit.
1: She's wearing a really cute plaid bra top bikini, which was very popular in the 90s. That bra top style. Yes. And yeah, she looks really cute. And she's got some cut off jeans. And some cut off (laughs) jeans. Classic look. And Joe is like, Joe or Sydney's like, Joe, tell me what it's like to be an artist. Yeah, Sydney just walks
2: right over where Joe clearly doesn't want to be with her. Right?
1: (laughs) I was trying to remember, like, did something happen between the two of them in the last episode? Or was Joe just being like, ugh. I think Joe was just trying to have her space, right? She's like trying to read. Although
2: they might all know Sydney fucked Michael, right? At this point, yeah. And Joe's like, don't you have a job?
1: Because it's
2: like the middle of the day. That's my thought in LA every day. Whenever I'm trying to get parking or go to to get some food, it's always crowded. It's yeah. like, come on, no one
1: else is allowed to have a fake job except for us. Exactly, Desi. exactly. Um, she's like, yeah, I do. I've been modeling and making a ton of money. And this joke gets real interested. Well, I would too, <laughs> <laughs> because this is a very common conversation. In Los Angeles, this this interaction is very, very common where right. you're having a conversation with someone who's talking about what they do, but it's very vague and you're kind of wondering where are they getting all this money from? Oh,
2: totally. And Joe is also in the industry that Sydney's claiming to be a
1: part of. So she, she has some knowledge about it. She works with professional models. Also, I would say that Joe is smart enough that even if she wasn't in the industry, she would clock this and be like... Oh, uh, totally. <laughs> that she is, happens to have like info, like,
2: you know, experience it's too.
1: just so... She's so stupid. Sydney's like, yeah, I'm making so much money. I'm thinking about quitting my job at Shooter's. And Joe's like, "Mm, who did your portfolio? And Sydney's like, well, I don't have one. Well, I don't really need one. I'm so, I'm so bad. I'm like the next Cheryl
2: Teagues. (laughs) Like, like how would you not need a portfolio? Every every model needs that. Because if she ever got one job, even if she got it, someone saw her on the street and hired her, at that point she would still have to get more pictures done. Like...
1: A hundred percent. It doesn't make sense. Like, it's such a lie. Um... But I would be really invested in this conversation. Oh my god. <laughs> if I was Joe, oh, I'd yeah. be like, oh. What brands are you working with? <laughs> like <laughs> I'd ask all kinds of oh, stuff. Oh, me too. It would be my
2: new life. Mm. I would be social like I would be social media sleuthing like
1: hell. Yeah. Like for Tr- sure. Trying to figure out what she's actually doing for money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Joe's like, Well, if you ever need a photographer, Sydney, I'm here to help. Yeah. Call me. Just then the furniture guy shows up mm. and he's like moving these expensive chairs in for, to Sydney's apartment. And Joe's like, hmm, hmm, interesting. Yeah. At the hospital, we get a brief scene of Katya hysterical, telling Matt that her mom is sick and she needs to go back to Russia. And she needs Nikki to stay with him. I like when she's like, I can't be dragged down. <laughs> She says, by having a kid. She says, I need to move freely. <laughs> I need
2: to move freely. It's like, okay, well, you should have thought of that before you had a kid. Her daughter seems pretty cooperative. She's very mature. And very low maintenance. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's not like she's a toddler either. Like, No, she's like six. That night, Jake and Amanda have pizza at her place, and he's like, I missed you. And they make out. They have a yes, little nice moment finally. together. They're back. Because they got to get back
2: before the shit hits the fan. Mm.
1: At Sydney's, Joe comes over. And Sydney's like, you want to see my new chairs? Oof. And Sydney's like, I think I'm going to go for a Southwestern theme. Of course. It's 1993. You got to. You got to go for the Southwestern theme. And her chairs, they look like they're from a
2: cheap hotel. Mm. They're like very pale neutral tones barrel chairs that are they're kind of southwest uh themed but they're very pale like it's like a dusty sage but even lighter than that like and yes. sort of neutrals with um, some vague, like geometric prints on them. Yeah. And I think it had like a little bit of a Southwestern
1: vibe, but very barely there. You could tell that she liked the chairs and she decided she's going to build the whole aesthetic of her apartment based on those chairs. So now she needs to get so- like a, a sofa. She needs to get like a pale peach sofa with some, like a geometric pattern yes.
2: throw. And she needs some. Of that um, textured, a big
1: textured vase mm. with some pompous grass. With pompous grass <laughs> and a, a sand painting <laughs> on the wall. Yes. So, Oh,
2: she also said she wants one of those heads, the cow head. Yeah, she <laughs> wants to get a cow head
1: on the wall as well. And Joe is like, look, Sydney, I don't know what you're into, if it's drugs or crime. I like how she just said crime. I was like, was that supposed to be switched to something else? Yeah, like more specific <laughs> drugs or crime and she's like I just want to know how you're getting all this money I know it's not for modeling and she's like call it my New York instinct okay, I'm jo. sorry you don't need to be from New York to figure out that Sydney's, right. Sydney's not a famous model now no
2: to the writers of Melrose Place New York means you can't pull
1: one over on me I'm from New York <laughs> like I know she's like I just want to help and that's when Sydney's pager goes off. So jo- Joe's fears are confirmed <laughs> because beepers. If you had a beeper. You
2: were doing something possibly shady. I mean, it. there were other jobs that had beepers. I but, will, but she's not a doctor. No. No. She's not, we know that. She's not
1: like in some. Uh, yeah. I,
2: I'm a doctor now. They didn't even need a degree. <laughs> they just saw my charisma and were like, this lady can work with people. Yeah. I love trying to deny stuff and your beeper goes off. It's like, fuck.
1: <laughs> and she's like, I gotta go. And Joe's like, you know, I'm here to talk. And Sydney's like, I don't want to talk. Yeah. Robert and Jane have dinner at a restaurant. And did you were you looking at any of the decor in this place? This was like the very dark black lacquered restaurant. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it had like every um section had that, like these glass partitions yes. that had the like etched. Like frosted glass. I liked
2: the partitions in restaurants where you had your own little private Mm, space. I like that. Did you ever go to that Chinese restaurant in San Francisco where you went into the little sections and sat and it was almost like you're in this glass covered thing? Ooh, maybe. Oh yeah. I loved that place.
1: So she breaks the news to Robert that she's decided to let Michael stay at her house, at her apartment. And he is fucking pissed he's like i said visit him
2: <laughs> <laughs> she's got one step too far this is crazy but but i agree because it's like but get used to it because this is jane she's like uh she's like help she's like helpful right she always is gonna she's too guilty to not do things she has
1: some shades of matt in her yes very similar um he's pissed he's like i can't be around michael and i don't blame him oh, this is a completely normal
2: reaction.
1: Robert is the most normal person in the Melrose universe. That's why he's so fucking flabbergasted all the time.
2: (laughs) Because he's like, what is happening? Yeah. He's the voice of the audience. He really is the voice of the
1: audience. (laughs) The next day, Allison's getting ready to leave for work, and Billy shows up to get more of his stuff, and he's like, notices the laptop prototype, Mm. this expensive computer that's coming onto the market and he's like, is that Steve's state-of-the-art computer? Yeah. And Allison's like, Billy, this is an insane ultimatum
2: she gives him. I couldn't believe she... I was like, this is not how you do it.
1: First of all, (laughs) Billy had every right to do what he did.
2: I don't move
1: out. Well, just be like, blow up at her. When she says this next line. Oh, totally. But he goes a little too far, oh, in my he, opinion. He does, go, <laughs> he does go a little too far, but I'm saying his emotional feelings. Because what she's doing is,
2: it's like gaslighting it's, almost.
1: It's also confirming what he
2: thought to be true. But she's acting like in this moment that it wasn't the case,
1: but now she's going to do it. She, do you know what I mean? Like She says to him, Billy, if you move any more of your stuff out of here, I'm going to start dating Steve. Yeah, so she's threatening him with something that was the reason that he broke it off with her in the first place. Right, and acting
2: like uh, it's just a thing she just thought of. Right,
1: <laughs> because, <laughs> because clearly she had feelings for him. Now it's confirmed. And of, of course, in, her, in
2: anyone's mind, why wouldn't she now date Steve? Because she clearly wanted that. Do you know what I mean? Because she kept, She even said, if I wasn't with, with Billy, I'll be with you. She would have dated Steve. Right.
1: But to him, he's like, oh, so you did like him the whole time. Of course. I was right. Yes. No, he is vindicated. And he loses. But she's
2: like, no. She's so stupid. Why would she say that in this moment? Even just to diffuse a situation? Like, why would she bring it up in this moment?
1: It's, out of control. And so he loses it and he grabs the computer and he throws it against the wall and it makes a big dent in the wall. It crushes the drywall. <laughs> it it crashes you know
2: computers back then, they were heavy. they're massive. They were huge. That's unacceptable. That's like Jake behavior. It was Jake. He's been spending <laughs> too much time with Jake. Because it's sort of like, you don't do that. Just fucking leave. Let's storm out. Kick, slam the door. Because like. he
1: lost a point there. Because Absolutely. Was, it's like, Billy, you were already in the right. He was in the
2: right, but once you do something like that, that's like violent. Yeah. And you could have
1: hurt someone. Um, And she goes, no, because this is like the prototype. Totally. Why is it at Allison's apartment? Why is not it under lock and key at D&D? I
2: was not clear. Is that the only one? Like, I have no or idea. Or did, did he, he just give, give her, her one? one? She has one before it's out on the market. I bet maybe. Whatever. That computer was probably
1: like $5,000 <laughs> back then, right? Like, yeah. Uh Sydney meets a new John named Roger and he's very creepy and he's not hot at all at all and he pulls out a wad of cash and is like take your clothes off and then he opens up a briefcase and pulls out all this BDSM stuff he's got like four ha- handcuffs he's got handcuffs he's got a whip he's got other shit in there yeah. and Sydney is like what is this and he goes my favorite toys He's gross, and when someone
2: says it that way, it does sound really sinister. Because any, like nowadays, it's obviously very you you would be like know what you're getting into. The person who was into the BDSM, I'm would sure have, back
1: then, I yeah, mean, this is
2: maybe. Just,
1: well, but this is just
2: a very inaccurate depiction of. Yes, I just don't think Lauren would have
1: sent Sydney into that sort of situation. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it seems like a very inaccurate depiction of like. Right, Se- sex work. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. But, um, but uh, I feel like that's something
2: that might happen in a sort of non Lauren situation. But uh, that situation would have been highly curated and like, planned, right, like right? these
1: are the girls who do BDSM, Yeah, these are the girls who do X, Y, and Z fetishes. It's all negotiated beforehand. And Sydney is sort of the Young ingenue, like right. we've already seen that sort of established.
2: She's like the virgin or whatever, like the inexperienced, uh, etc. But anyway,
1: he's creepy and she rightfully wants to leave. Also, what makes this inaccurate to me is that a man who is as powerful as this man is, he would be the one who would want to be dominated. Yeah, I mean, that's more accurate. That seems more accurate to me. He she's like, I don't like your toys. And then he gets violent with her. He grabs her and he's like, well, I'm, I like them and I'm paying, I'm paying. I like my toys. I like my (laughs) toys. And she's like, I'm out of here. And she leaves. She, she also inexplicably gets a
2: quarter (laughs) and throws it at him and says, here's a quarter. So you can call Lauren
1: and tell on me. I thought she was going to say, because it's, nin- <laughs> it's the 90s, I thought she was going to go, here's a quarter. Why don't you buy a clue? Yes. <laughs> what? But where did she get the quarter? I don't know. <laughs> she literally had the quarter in her hand, throws it at him. She pulled it b- out from behind her ear like she was a magician. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, we get a brief scene of Matt saying goodbye to Katya. It's a tearful goodbye. And we're all just like, just take Nikki with you. Take the storyline. <laughs> like, Just, just go. go. At Shooters, Lauren stops by, and Sydney's like, oh, hey, Lauren. Just acting like nothing's had happened. And she's like, here's your credit card back. I bought all sorts of great clothes. Thanks. And yeah. Lauren's pissed. And she's like, who are you to walk out on Roger Langdon? Mm, not Roger Langdon. Not Roger <laughs> Langdon. I have a question. Mm. Isn't Brooke's last name Langdon on the show. Yes, yes. So in my head canon, this is Brooke Langdon's, (laughs) her creepy dad, secret dad. (laughs) Yes, I like that the writers were like, let's just use Langdon
2: again. It's a nice soap opera last name.
1: Yeah. (laughs) She then Lauren threatens Sydney. Like she threatens her with like, like it's like a, it's like a kind of violent threat. It's a veiled violent threat. Like I'll I'll be worse than
2: what Roger was going to do to you. Which also sucks because it's like, well, was Roger going to really be violent
1: with her? Like, right? that's kind of scary. She's like, if you ever, ever do that again. And she's like, you'll only be able to write on a chalkboard to communicate. I mean, it was creepy. It was really creepy and out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. right? And then she switches her demeanor and she gives Sydney a vial of Coke. And she's like, here, this will make you feel better. And Sydney takes the Coke, and it's definitely
2: like an after school special moment. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Where should we linger on her with the
1: Coke? Yeah. That's the moment. Mm. It all starts. That night, Michael arrives at Melrose Place, and he's wheeled in before Jane, like while Jane is like getting something from the car. And Sydney sees him, and she's like, I'm sorry about Kimberly. I would have called, but I've been so busy with my new modeling career. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it would have caused. And then Jane approaches and she's like, what's going on? Uh, or Sydney's like, what's going on? Why are you guys arriving together? Yeah. I also love
2: when Sydney's talking to Michael. He's trying to wheel around her. Yeah. <laughs> to get
1: away from her, but he can't. <laughs> and Jane's like, Michael's moving in temporarily and Sydney is shook. Yeah. In Jane's apartment, she's helping Michael get into bed. It's very awkward. When she finally gets him onto the bed, he's like, oh, my back. Yeah. Jane, I need my painkillers. So she goes to get him his painkillers. And as she's in the other room getting them, we see Michael lay back on the bed with his hands behind his back, Looking like he just came, like he is smiling and they linger on this smile. He changes the smile like five times
0: he's to like, different ones. Yeah, it's yeah. like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and this is at the moment where I was like, okay, I can't remember what happens exactly. I was like, does he, is he, what is going on with his paralysis? Well, obviously he sh- shakes it off later. <laughs> right. But he, it's like he almost seems like he's faking slightly or. Or it's not as paralyzed because he's moving way more than I would think he'd be able to. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I. Look, but it, it's but at this Rose moment, place. yeah,
1: it's Melrose Place. But this moment was like he's loving it. I think I, I think he is obviously he is paralyzed, but I think he's decided he's really going to make this situation the best he can. Like he's going to take advantage of this. I mean, the funny
2: thing about this smile too, it's like that is something you only do. <laughs> for T V does people do do people do that in real life when no one's looking at them? Like he is thrilled. It's so funny. It was
1: like a horny smile.
2: It's also once again Thomas Calabro Acting in a completely different style than everyone else on the show. Like his is highly comical, Mm. but somehow still works. Yeah. I've said this numerous times, but this is a perfect example of that where he's in a slapstick sitcom (laughs) comedy (laughs) doing that kind of mugging. Yeah. And everyone else is taking it very seriously. Yeah. Uh, It's just
1: really funny. No, it's he's so funny in this role. Yes. Anyway, that's episode 13. We'll be back soon for season two, episode 14. Bye. Bye.